I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. We are recording at 10 a.m., not our shiniest of times. We usually record after noon. We've had our workout. You already worked out today, though. I did a short workout, and then we're going to go to Hot Pilates. Ooh, yeah, Hot Source Yoga. They're back open, and we love it. Which I'm a little nervous because I haven't sweated it out for a while. When April does Hot Yoga or Hot Pilates, the people there are like, are you an instructor? I know. She, I do go all she in. She kicks ass. Didn't someone yesterday where they said something about you being a gymnast? Or no, a, a bodybuilder. A bodybuilder. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not a bodybuilder. She's pretty ripped. And... I, it is a compliment at the same time. I'm not trying to get that scary ripped, like where I like look up, I'm going to kick people's ass. Would you save my life if someone tried to attack me? I'm not really violent. So I can't counter you. But I wouldn't just stand guns. by and watch. I'd okay. probably be like, excuse me, can we talk about this? <laughs> can we just hug it out? Can we just hug it out? Santa Cruz Have you seen style? this animal that's named Legend? Her, he saves the my world. My dog might bite your toes. Yeah. Watch out for him. Amy and I are going to Mexico with our animals. We're going to record there. Yeah. We're going to do two podcasts from Mexico. We decided we need to get away. It'll be my first airplane since pre-COVID. Me too. So since March when in, I flew back from Australia. Wearing masks and we'll be pretty confined to just us and our dogs and in a beach. So yeah, I'm not going to be going to the clubs or anything, y'all. Be shameless sex shows. Remember, we used to record all the time on the road. Like, we're in Utah. We're in Florida. We're in the Caribbean, and now we're just in Santa Cruz. Oh, if you all are out there, just a change of topic, real quick, lack. Amy and I just posted, which I'm actually going to do after this. So when you're hearing this, we just posted on Instagram another series well it's a part of a series which is our worst instagram reviews they are our itunes reviews on Instagram. oh yeah sorry thank you or we have it's it's comedy we're like thanks a lot whatever human that said we're so terrible we love so if you're not following us on instagram go ahead and check out shameless sex podcast and we are going to start highlighting our favorite five star reviews on instagram and if you are one of the reviewers that is reviewed on the show openly then we will send you a gift Ooh. if you email us so that will start it's gonna be the spotlight insta i keep saying instagram but that's because i'm just we're tired yeah the, the spotlight itunes review so that'll be starting next week and you know we do a lot of giveaways on on uh, instagram so if you're not following us it's almost weekly where we have an opportunity to enter a contest to giving win giving away a webcam things. right now webcam yeah. yep. lighting and the book from yeah. hedusa to become your own Webcam model performer, model performer, yeah, all of the above. Hey Chip, guess what I did the other day? I, I tried you, out an Aneros. Oh, yeah. Was it a vibrating one or non? No, it was the Aneros Helix. We did an episode in early August of 2020 with someone that is the brand ambassador for Aneros. Yeah, Forest. Yeah, Forest. And they're known for making really awesome prostate toys, which can enhance a penis owner's orgasm. And so my partner was open to trying it. And so I got one and it was the Inaris Helix and it totally enhances orgasm. Does it? He liked it. Does, does, 
do you just keep it in we, while yeah. you're playing? Yeah, or? we inserted it. You started the finger while looking, yeah. and then moving to the toy, and then kept it in. And while we were doing other things, and so when he had his orgasm, it just like enhanced, made this more of this like explosive, mm-hmm. um, more sensation, a longer mind blowing orgasm. So for folks who want to try or more prostate toys, definitely check out the Aneros toy line. You can look up that episode. It's in early August of 2020, um, and we also sell those products at Pure Pleasure. You yeah. go to purepleasureshop.com and you get 15% off of coupon code shameless sex. I remember selling the shit out of those prostate toys so from Moneros when, when I worked. So funny we say the shit, but the you're talking shit. about a prostate toy. Prostate <laughs> toy when I worked at Pure Pleasure because yeah. oh, and people would come back and comment on how effective it was, how yeah. it heightened their orgasm, and how it was unexpectedly uh-huh. pleasurable. Yeah, my partner's like, uh, we're definitely doing that again. And then he's like, can we get other toys? And like, what other th- fun butt things Ooh, can we do? Yeah, so. there's a lot. There's so many out there. Yeah, we're going to do some butt exploration. So thanks, partner. I just told the whole world about your butt. Sorry. Your butt. He's pretty shameless. Not sorry. Um, okay, so we're going to do a sex question for, but before we do that, we're going to talk about Uberlube. You know how much we love Uberlube. We talk about it on our podcast all the time. I have been a huge fan of Uberlube for many, many years. Um, I had a dream about Uberlube. What happened in your dream? I was in the factory. It was like Willy Wonka's. I, I forgot Ooh. to tell you this. This was a perfect Did you time, turn into a blueberry? No, uh, but the founder, who has been on our show before, was there, and he was giving away those pink T-shirts. Oh. And I was like, um... Yeah, I'll take one. And I made it into like this cool head wrap. And I was walking around talking about Uberlube to all of these people touring their Willy Wonka oh. Uberlube factory. Oh, wow. We should give away some of this. And there were like all these doors with like hidden things that were Do happening. Were the Oompa Loompas there? Oompa. No. They're Uber Loompas. I didn't see any of the workers. Oh. It was just. That's anyway, what... it was really interesting that huh. that happened. Well, so Uberlube <laughs> is not. The, I've been to the factory. It doesn't look like Willy Wonka, oh, but no, it's no. cool. It's pretty big. So Uberlube is a high grade silicone lube with a little vitamin E. E in it. Why do you ask silicone? Why do you ask Uber Lube? It is some of the best lube out there. When people try it, they say, I didn't know lube could be this good. It has no sticky sensation. It has no flavor. It has no scent. It's long lasting. It's velvety and actually actually moisturizes the skin with that vitamin E. So if you're experiencing dryness, maybe you're menopausal, maybe you just want an awesome lube to enhance the experience. Uber Lube has something good for you. It's good for vaginal and oral and anal. I used it last night for anal right yeah. there on that bed. Amy, I, I'm pointing. I used it with the Anero. So yeah. the it was oh, great. There you go. Plastic toy. So go check it out. Our listeners get 10% off and free shipping in the United States only. If you go to uberlube.com and use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX, again, that's 10% off and free shipping, and you'll know why. Join the Uberlube Club, 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 uh, 10 a.m. Club, and um, you know why we're huge fans. We're going to give it away, give it away, give it away now. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> That's my inner Anthony Kiedis coming out because we're giving away so many cool things. And we're giving away answers to sex questions. All right, here we go. Sex question. I was having a conversation with my fiance about our different sex styles, but maybe more specific our pleasure styles. I remember a long time ago, one of you mentioning you like to feel that you're the best when you're having sex. That's me. I'm raising my hand. That's April. She likes to feel the best. Or you also like to feel special. Yep. Um, And... Others, people might feel like they like to be worshipped. Can you point me in the direction of a comprehensive list of what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. So there's, and this is in reference to a number of things. So we did in our very, our second episode ever of Shameless Sex in 2017. 
we talked about the core erotic theme, mm-hmm. which is based on the book The Erotic Mind by Jack Marin. Something I learned in Somatica that says that in, the, a better question instead of what do I want um, when, in, when I'm being intimate or when I'm touching or being touched is actually not what, I, what do I want, but how do I want to feel when I'm touching mm-hmm. or being touched. And that we all have one or two, maybe three more, more dominant core erotic themes that speak to us. April really wants to feel the best or special. Right. And there's, and so when you figure out what the feeling that you want when you're being intimate, then you can actually figure out, okay, now that I know the feeling, here's some ways that you, you lovers, partners can help me to get to that place. So April, if you feel, want to feel the best or special, what are some things that a partner could do to say or do to help you feel that way erotically, um, intimately, et cetera. Just saying something to the effect of you have the best pussy ever. You're, you're amazing. You're super. A lot of words of affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Um, praise the words of of just putting me on the pedestal yeah so that is always important that happened last night and it really did i was just like yeah yeah and i had a really nice orgasm yeah you feeling special and feeling the best is so and then when you have that when you have the the feeling there or the idea of this is how i want to feel then you can give your partner hundreds of ways that they can actually here's all the things you can say Mm -hmm. or do to help me to get here and then you get curious with them okay what how do you want to feel when you're uh, when we're when you're, we're being intimate, and so there's the best, there's special. For me, it's more feeling taken care of, and it's more energetically taken care of. Not like buying me gifts and things. Some people want to feel possessed, where they want to feel worshipped, they want to feel adored, uh, cherished. It just depends on you. And we and it, a lot of it actually comes from our childhood with our parental stuff. Can you have multiple? Hey, you can have multiples. That, Some multiple people like for you, the best and special desires. can be kind of similar, mm-hmm. um, and you might fluctuate between them. And this is not a perfect science, but I think it is a helpful thing to understand. Now that I know, I like to feel taken care of i there's so many ways i can have partners show up with being a dominant lover i can have them show up being a very like tantric um divine masculine mm-hmm. and holding that space for me but they have to really feel like they can take care of all my emotions and it has a lot to do with safety and they hold all of the wild aiminess yeah. so so that's one thing so this person i you go to check out episode number two um or check out jack marin's the erotic mind although it is kind of a little more of an academic read uh, and we also had Celeste and Danielle on our show who taught the Somatica Method, the sex and relationship coaching training that I did on episode 133. And they created their own th- um, kind of core, de- I, don't, I don't think they use core desires as it, but they created their own blueprint for this. And I think the podcast episode is how core desires lead to hot sex. Um, and so they have a similar perspective on this with a Somatica twist if you want to learn more. So that's episode 133. Also, go check out Jaya's episode 126, mm. where we talked about one. the erotic blueprints, which is a little more about sex. And so it's less about how do you want to feel, but it's more about uh, this is how I engage intimately and get into my turn on and arousal. And she has these different themes. It's, it's sexual, sensual, kinky, shapeshifter. And mis- I energetic. Remember. Energetic. Because I'm, I'm energetic. Always, yeah. Always so like a sexual person could just see a naked body. Ooh, April's naked. I'm turned on. I'm not that person. Um, I'm energetic. So that's more about the things that April says and does. Uh, kinky person's more like, yeah, you pull my hair. Now I'm turned on. Mm. Shapeshifter moves through all the things. So definitely go check out all of those. There's a lot of resources on there. And I hope this answers your question. The last thing I'll say is the book, um, The Love Languages. Um, the five languages Gary of Chapman. love, but that's not really about sex, but what April was saying, words of affirmation, really speaking to her feeling and the core erotic theme of wanting to feel special mm-hmm. or, um, taking, or sorry, special or the best words of affirmation is a big piece of that. Um, and so there's are ways you can incorporate them into sex. 
So I hope that helps. Go check it out. Go learn more. And then go start having conversations with your fiance. And then you could listen to this episode and have them listen and then sit and have a conversation. How do you want to feel when we're being intimate? And then what are some of the ways that I can help you feel that way? And it can lead to greater, hotter, delicious, juicy, Mm. mind-blowing sex Okay, we're going to read a bio, but before we do, we want to tell you a little bit about Dipsy, which we've talked about on our podcast a lot as well. What is Dipsy, you ask? It is a app on your tablet, on your phone, and it is an app where you can listen to short erotic stories anywhere, anytime to get you in the mood, whether it's just for yourself. You're like, I'm not feeling connected to my body, or I want to get in the mood before I go self-pleasure, or I want to get in the mood before I go play with my partner. And there are short stories anywhere between, what, 5 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are super spicy. Some of them are a little more soft and sweet. I recommended Dipsy to my clients who are feeling disconnected to their bodies or want to tap into their desire. It's designed by women for women, but I think anyone can listen to it. It really puts the power into your own ears to get into your genitals. I have loved Dipsy for quite a while now. And one of my really great friends who's been in a long, long relationship with her partner doesn't like porn. I suggested that she check out Dipsy. She did. And she gave me amazing feedback because she and him, they listen almost nightly now. Mm. And it's really put the spark back into their lives. I love the exploring by category because you can check out couples or rough play or romantic and there's just variety. So no matter what you're into, you'll find something that you like at Dipsy. So guess what, Amy? What, Chip? Dipsy is offering our listeners a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash shameless. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash shameless. Dipsystories.com slash shameless, y'all. And now it's bio time. Read that bio, Chip. You got this. Kitty's bio. Here, kitty. Kitty Shambliss. I really love that last name. I do. Is a number one Amazon bestselling author of Jealousy Survival Guide, How to Feel Safe, Happy, and Secure in an Open Relationship. She is also a relationship coach, keynote speaker, polyamorous, and sex-positive activist, and founder of Loving Without Boundaries, specializing in helping people in non-traditional relationships navigate the challenging emotions that often arise in such dynamics. Kitty has made her life's mission to make thriving relationships, even unconventional ones, attainable to everyone. She is also the host of the Loving Without Boundaries podcast, available on all of the apps. To learn more, visit lovingwithoutboundaries.com. All right, it's interview time. All right, everyone, it is episode time. We have a return guest. We have Kitty, and Kitty was here, we said, last January of mm-hmm. this year, of 2020, talking more about non-traditional relationships. Uh, Kitty is quite the expert in that field, and that can include open relationships, polyamory, various forms of alternative relationships, swinging, and she even talks about monogamy, too. So if you're monogamous folks, uh, this, there's some things that will apply here to you. And that's actually, this This is mostly going to be about jealousy, some things about threesomes, there's some swinging, some lifestyle stuff, and just relationships in general, how we communicate, how we work through things such as jealousy. Um, so we will start with the same question we always do. Kitty, tell us about yourself and how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality. Ooh, I love that question. So thanks for having me back. It's so fun to be back. You ladies are so fun. 
So yeah, so I'm Kitty Shambliss and it's been a wild journey getting here, but I'll give the the real quick version, which is I always say I'm a recovering Catholic. Went to 12 years of Catholic school and um, you know, learned that sex was bad and I'm gonna go to hell for even thinking about masturbating and all of that. And that's kind of how I entered the world in that sex negative framework. And so I started looking for the one and that wasn't working out for me. I became a cheating serial monogamist. And that I just, all of a sudden one day I just had an epiphany and realized, you know, I don't want to cheat anymore. This is horrible. Why do I do this? So I just decided to lean into the values of honesty and integrity. And eventually I met the man who's now my husband. We had some candid conversations and we decided that we were going to, orchestrate our relationship and later our marriage the way that we wanted to. And then eventually we discovered the word polyamory. We entered the world of swinging first, and then we eventually now have other partners. So uh, current day, I live with my husband and my other partner who is a man in a poly V. So I'm the pivot partner because they are heterosexual. They are just good buddies. And I, um, I started my loving without boundaries blog, partly because of this journey back in 2012 then my podcast of the same name in 2015, and then eventually went into relationship coaching to help folks live their most authentic lives free from shame and guilt and jealousy and insecurity in particularly the open relationship space and also from a lens of sex positivity, because it's taken me decades to get to where I am today. And I want to help people not have it take decades, <laughs> you know, have it take months or weeks and shorten that period so that they can live their best lives. So that's it in a nutshell. Nice. I, before I ask the second question that we have for you, I wanted to share something that you had mentioned before we started recording, which is it's 2020 COVID times. And you said there's been a huge influx in folks reaching out to you because it's a time where folks want to redefine their relationships and tap into that. And I just wanted to raise that awareness out there for anyone feeling stagnant. Kitty's a wonderful resource. And something that does come up in redefining relationships is jealousy. It's an emotion that I'm familiar with, I can say, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and I know folks out there, they're wonderful if you're not a jealous human. Some of us deal with it. What are your thoughts, Kitty, about jealousy and how it applies to relationships? Absolutely. So jealousy is such an interesting and a complex emotion. And I actually started leaning into it and trying to research it way before I was in multiple relationships, because let's face it, we all feel jealous. And I think the first thing that to highlight is that sometimes people want to run away from jealousy, like it's this big monster and it's horrible. And especially in open relationships, there's a lot of shame around even feeling it. So the first thing I always like to say is that it's simply just another emotion. It just happens to be a relatively complex one. Like when we think of anger, anger can be like a surface level emotion that's kind of hiding maybe hurt or disappointment and things of that nature. And it's the same with jealousy. Jealousy can have lots of things like anger, loneliness, resentment, frustration, sadness that are layered into jealousy. So it's it's really 
the, with all of our emotions, I like to think of them as like the check engine light on our car, where it's really a gift that we have that it's saying, hey, knock, knock, there's something going on. You better pay attention. Let's look under the hood and see what we need to fix. So all of our emotions, we can lightly touch them, get curious about them and lean into them and find the gifts that are underneath them. So sometimes it may mean we need to go inside and do some self-work such as if there's maybe low self-esteem or insecurity or um, some desire of control or possessiveness that might be going on. And that's some work that may need to be done inside so that we don't accidentally damage our relationships with other people. But also it might be a sign that we need to talk to our partners because it can also be based on rational fear. If Possibly we're polyamorous, but we're concerned that our partner is dating somebody who's monogamous and they might be trying to pull them away or what I call a cowgirl or a cowboy, where they're maybe not respecting that um, the polyamorous relationship of the, you know, the nature of that relationship. So that's based on rational fear. So that's something that can be talked through, or it could also be based on less time with a partner and maybe you need to start figuring out, you know, we need to get Google Calendar and, uh, and figure out how to get our needs met in that relationship. And it also can be based on vulnerability because let's face it, when we do open our hearts to other people, when we do fall in love, we're putting ourselves at risk. And it can be a beautiful, wonderful and rewarding risk, but it is still a scary place sometimes. And so jealousy can prop up because, hey, guess what? We're humans and we feel emotions. So I just view it as something that's part of our shared humanity. And it's also something that's innate, like um, babies start to exhibit jealousy as young as six months old. So it's just part of our humanity and we can learn to manage jealousy just like we can manage other emotions like anger. Hmm. I I was thinking about, as you're saying that, so when I took the somatica training, which is sex and relationship training in San Francisco, one of the women that leads it, uh, Celeste, she was saying that she finds it really hot when her partners are are jealous also, but she turns it into a feeling of wanting to feel possessed and Mm. she finds it super sexy. She's like, I I want you to tell me how jealous you are, how much you want to possess me and own me. Doesn't mean I'm not going to go do X, Y, and Z, but I want you to share that. And then we can also process, I want you to share it and we can also process the actual depth of it. But she, she turns it into something that can be erotic, which reminds me of our friend Kristen, who's been on our show. Mm. And it, and her approach to a lot of sex questions, like, how can you make that hot? The thing that you think is bad or wrong or hard or shameful, how can you actually eroticize it and make it an opportunity? And so I think there's a couple of pieces here. There's, you know, obviously jealousy shows us, hey, maybe there's deeper work here for your own work because it's old stuff that you haven't worked on that's showing up here, insecurities, et cetera. Or maybe there's work here because it actually is just a, a rational fear that needs to be worked out within the relationship. Um, and then also just add to that, like, well, how can we also make this a hot thing if that's available to you? Yeah. And April and I recorded another podcast before this. We were also talking about how we're so anti-negative emotions, mm-hmm. you know, anger and sadness and fear mm-hmm. we and jealousy. Collective just humans. collectives. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I too try to run from them. Um, and for some reason, jealousy to me has been something that I, at a young age, I think learned was natural, normal, mm-hmm. and um, annoying and something that I could work with, which brings me to my next question for you. 
Um, and by the way, as I say to everyone, I have not perfected it. I sometimes I still feel it. I'm like, fuck this. I don't know how to work with this. Um, but how can people actually work with jealousy when they're feeling it, whether in the monogamous relationship and, and, or non-monogamous relationship, what are the tools and tricks to actually work with jealousy? Sure. I think that's a, a great question. So one that I, I like to tell because it's easy to remember, it's called, I call it the winning game plan because it's also really easy to just grab like a life preserver. It's called the SOS game plan. And so SOS stands for stop, observe, and strategize. So what I mean by that is first just stopping what you're doing. So before you maybe knee jerk or lash out at somebody, just stop what you're doing. And you can also stop in terms of taking a time out, or if you're in a social gathering, excuse yourself to the restroom or freshen your drink. And it can also look like stopping for 20 minutes intentionally, because there's science behind that when we are triggered emotionally, when you feel that, that lump in your throat or that feeling in your gut, that it takes about 20 minutes for your rational brain to kick back on so you can start thinking clearly. And also so you can start to feel empathy again, because we go into that fight or flight of, I got to, I got to protect myself mode and we need to be able to feel empathy for what the other person is experiencing too. So that's the stop. And then the, um, the O is for observe. And so that means to be able to first observe what's going on as if you're a reporter reporting the news. So not putting your shitty first draft or a negative interpretation or a scary story around what's happening. Like they're going to run off into the sunset and I'm never going to see them again or whatever the story is. So observing what actually happened. Um, he put his hand on her back, you know, or whatever it was. And also to observe what you're feeling. So um, kind of going inside your body and, and noticing where am I feeling this emotion? What is this emotion? Is it jealousy? Is it um, anger, resentment? What is it so that you're, it's another moment where you can observe what's going on. And then the last S is for strategize. So then from a place of intention after you've paused, you can respond instead of knee-jerk reacting. And so strategies can be lots of things. So um, some strategies are to focus on what your needs are. So is there an unmet need that's going on versus thinking of another person as a threat to your relationship? Maybe there's, there's a need that needs to be addressed inside of you, or maybe that you need to talk about with your with your partner, because nine times out of 10, that other person isn't a threat. You know, can they be? Maybe, but usually they're not. Another strategy is to focus on appreciation and gratitude. What can you appreciate about maybe something that you're, you're jealous of and coming from that place of love and gratitude instead of criticizing what's going on? So it's another way to think of abundance mindset instead of scarcity mindset, because scarcity mindset is also something that kind of underpins what jealousy is. And another thing is if there is multiple relationships going on, a lot of times the jealousy is from fear of the unknown. So it can be really helpful to meet your partner's partner when you're ready to, because I love this quote from Brene Brown. She talks about it, people are hard to hate close up. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when we just get to know somebody and we see that they're a real person and they have flaws and they're funny, then it, it, it takes some of that fear away. So those are some, some quick, some quick ways to work through jealousy. I like the SOS. I like that. And one question I have too, but the last one. So, but what about, okay, 
what about when the other partner's not willing? So this is because this comes up, right? There's a part of like, okay, when you meet them, they won't be as much of the, the villain because you'll see their, their humanness. Mm-hmm. I have a really close girlfriend and um, so the, we're close now, but back in 2012, we weren't that close. Um, but we were friends of friends and um, they, she was on a break from the, with a partner. I hooked up with that partner. It was really hurtful for, for her. We had to work through it. But he had said to her, like, if you just meet Amy, you're, you're going to love her. She's like, I don't fuck and want to meet her <laughs> like I don't want to love her so I think that there's that that obstacle there and, and I guess that's that part of that um that threat of I think it's a worthiness thing too right if I meet mm-hmm. you and I love you then it brings up my stuff or makes things more real or something so sorry yeah. I just had to take it to Amy's personal world those <laughs> <laughs> very good examples <laughs> yeah no, I think it's I think that's a, a great question a nuance to that too and to me it actually I love what you said earlier um, about how can you make it hot or how can mm-hmm. you turn it into a gift or a compersion or sympathetic joy. And what I love about that is one of my mentors always says that life is one big reframe, you know, so how can you take this problem and turn it into like a beautiful challenge or a gift, you know, what's the gift in this situation. And for me, one of the ways I've handled jealousy is, is my own personal tip is to think about when, when my partner is with their partner, they're doing sexy things in the bedroom where he's, he's learning new things. He's trying out new techniques and he's bringing home all that sexy energy and those new skills home to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's think of my lover as expanding their repertoire or expanding their, their love and their gratitude and that energy and, and bringing it home to me. That's another way that I think about it. That helps. That's a good one. I think my head would explode if I, was in the same home with my partner currently and, and he was with another partner. I don't know. I'm not there yet. And I am working through those jealous emotions. And mm. what my mantra has been lately, if there is something like he's touching someone in a certain way, then I'm like, oh, I wonder. And you're monogamous and too, I, by the totally, way. Totally, we're monogamous. Yeah. Uh, but he'll be touching oh. someone just lovingly. Like lovingly. Like a yeah. hot, a hot, there's lots of hot women around us all the time, you know, regardless, um, I like that too. Anyway, point is, I keep saying this mantra where, there is enough love for everyone. Mm. There's enough love. I love that. Yes. And that helps me because I'm like, there's no reason why I should be angry right now. There's enough love. Like that person Mm. deserves that Mm. touch. And I deserve just being right here and bearing witness to this. And and there's enough love. So I do like the, uh, the piece of feeling that they're learning something too. And it's good to tap into love and affection mm-hmm. and whether it's physical or just a sensual touch. Well, I think what comes up for a lot of people in those scenarios is, is I, it seems like you're giving that person more love than me, or it's different. It looks yeah. more exciting and new and, mm-hmm. and spicy, which just leads to an opportunity. Like you're talking about April here is like, okay, well, obviously there's something we need to talk about here. Hey, mm-hmm. when I see you touching this person here, it seems like the way you're touching, there's like, you're a lot more lit up than when you touch me. And I'm wondering what kind of work totally. here we can do so that yeah. needs can be, I'm, I guess I'm maybe do you yeah. have other advice there, Kitty, for those kind of conversations. Cause I think it's, we have a lot of listeners that are in monogamous relationships and even just seeing their partner walk down the street and look at some attractive mm-hmm. man, woman, human. Um, and they're like, you don't look at me that way anymore. And they feel jealousy. You know, what is your advice for how they can explore those conversations? That's a big question. I think that's a great question. One thing that I've been learning more about, maybe you have heard of this. Have you heard of erotic blueprints? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so is that something, the very last polyamory conference I went to, I discovered erotic blueprints. I'd never heard of it before. Was it Jaya was Jaya. there. 
and more. Okay, and more. Jaya, okay. I think created it. And yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I think that was her yeah. teacher. Yes, that was her okay. teacher. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and she did a whole workshop on it, and I found it fascinating because I love communication, so I love the love languages, mm-hmm. and I thought of erotic blueprints as the love languages for our bodies. But I thought, what a neat way to come from a place of curiosity and creativity to learn more about it. I'm, I'm not a, a teacher, I, so I don't really know it, but I would say that's something to look into. Mm-hmm. But coming back to that idea of love, what I, what I usually say is love breeds more love, you know, so that idea of leaning into the abundance of it and just realizing that um, when we think about compersion, compersion is a feeling that a lot of us don't naturally feel, but it is something that we can learn. So That's pleasure when your exp- partner is experiencing pleasure, you experience pleasure for their pleasure. Yeah. Like the way I normally describe it is, is sympathetic joy, meaning when you're, you're happy when your partner's happy. Mm-hmm. But we can think of it with our friends, like when we have a really good friend, if we don't have that kind of competitive nature with them, because we've all had friends like that too, right? But when we have that healthy relationship with a friend and they do something amazing, they get a new job or they wrote a book and it was successful and we we do have that feeling of, yay, you go, you know, I'm so happy for you. That's compersion. So we know that we can feel it because we've had other moments, like maybe with a family member, if, if you do have competitive <laughs> friends, mm-hmm. um, but you know, we've all had those moments where we're really happy that somebody else is happy so if you can lean into that idea that when when your partner is experiencing a beautiful friendship or just enjoying beauty and also coming from a place of accepting them for who they are you know so accepting them enjoying what makes them happy you know and I and it, it, that's something else that I think can be learned but it, there's also tools to do that, whether it's meditation, like compassion meditation, and also nonviolent communication just to get underneath what's really going on um, so that you can have a really beautiful, compassionate, authentic conversation with your partner that, that maybe takes some of the fears away. Because sometimes some of the fears I think that we have are made up in our mind. Yeah. I always love this saying that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes I just think we're creating our own suffering mm-hmm. and when we just kind of let ourselves wallow in it without kind of doing a reality check, mm-hmm. either with our partner or a friend or something, sometimes we can take some of those scary things away that, that maybe we're kind of making up in our head. This podcast was made possible by Like a Kitten. As promised in our last episode, I'd like to tell you all about my trip to Pleasure Town with Like a Kitten's Purrs Like a Kitten vibe. My partner and I had a sexy date night and a holy O-face. The vibration was unreal, and while my partner played with my bum, the purrs like a kitten stimulated both my clitoris and my G-spot all at the same time. I felt like a fierce tigress, and it was incredible. I unleashed some epic O's, and I officially have a new favorite vibrator. Ooh, the Purrs Like a Kitten vibe is part of the Like a Kitten's Explorer collection featuring four fun vibrators that will take you to all the places you've been longing to visit. If you want to get your O-Face on too and unlock your inner kitty, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com and enter code SHAMELESS20 at checkout. Just go to likeakitten.com and use promo code SHAMELESS20 to get 20% off. That's likeakitten.com, code SHAMELESS20. The time is meow. This podcast was also made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. 
OMG has studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone, so whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore, so go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's omgs.com slash shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. That's great. Uh, We're going to switch gears just a little bit. And we have a couple of questions from some listeners out there that we would love for you to answer. So the first one is, my wife and I have been married 27 years. A few years back, we tried out the swinging lifestyle and played with a number of couples, some regulars, and also explored some alternate variations like threesomes and same-sex play. The lifestyle play yielded some great experiences with others, but the sex it ignited for us as a couple was amazing. We ended slash paused the swinging for a variety of reasons. Some jealousy snuck in as well as some other and it's been 18 months now since we last played with others and our sex life has ground back down to the routine and monotony we had before despite our best efforts to use porn and fantasy to keep it hot because it's not happening it's not hot mm-hmm. how do you leave the erotic charged world of lifestyle play and keep things hot in a monogamous marriage mm. That's a great question. I'm sure you all have some amazing ideas too, but I'll just share some. I just kind of did a a brainstorm. Um, But for me, and I have, I have two partners and, you know, even when you have multiple partners, it's still about keeping the, the, the spark alive. It's just, there happens to be more, right? (laughs) More sparks to keep alive. Yeah. More sparks to keep. (laughs) Um, But for me, one of, one of my partners in particular, he's just an incredibly creative lover. He always inspires me with his creativity. So we, we experiment, we experiment with role-playing, we experiment with cosplay. Um, You know, I love to go to Renaissance festivals. I love Halloween. So uh, for me, I'm fortunate enough that I I literally have a a small section of a closet where I just dedicate to sexy lingerie and, and, you know, costumes and whatever. And sometimes we'll, we'll come up with just different ways. We'll even plan it out. We'll, we'll schedule a sexy date night and, you know, he's going to be the professor and, you know, I'm the schoolgirl. you know, (laughs) but I think giving yourself permission to play we, as children, we do it so naturally, you know, we use our imagination so naturally. And I feel like as adults, somewhere along the line, we tend to lose that sense of play and sense of imagination. So I would say that would be tip number one uh, that I would like to recommend. And um, speaking from myself again, I love porn, you know, and not everyone loves porn, but I think that's another place where we can experiment. Um, And I've actually found if, again, from that place of fantasy, Japanese anime porn like if (laughs) if maybe watching real people freaks you out or you have concerns about what's going on with the actors there's there's animation that can be oddly erotic Mm -hmm. and sometimes you may not even know what might turn you on until you just kind of experiment with some different things 
So that would be another uh, suggestion that I have. We already spoke of the erotic blueprint. I was going to mention that. So that's certainly some work that uh, that can be looked into. Um, so I met Ann Moore, and you mentioned her her teacher was Jaya, what was it? Yeah, Jaya. Jaya. She did a po- she was on episode one twenty six on our podcast. It's, um, so if you want, if people want to learn more about that, I, I love it. April and I love formulas like mm-hmm. these, you know, because we're mm-hmm. personality. Yeah. Just write it all out for us so we can do this formula, and it's really helpful. I thought that was fascinating. And when Ann Moore did her workshop, she had her partner lay on a table and they made it just so fun and playful when she was trying to discover what type of touch she wanted, what type of, I forget how she called that, but the different ways that you can be on the erotic blueprint Mm -hmm. to discover that. I just thought that was, again, creative, educational, and fun. Um, A book that was recently recommended to me is about Tantra called The Essential Tantra, A Modern Guide to Sacred Sexuality. Mm -hmm. So um, that's another thing I thought I could just mention. I I bought the book and I've literally just started to read it, but um, because I've been interested in Tantra, but I've never, I've never really um, dove into it much further. Um, And I have a couple other ideas, but I, you know, I'll, I want to hear what some of your ideas are, because I'm sure that you have some. I would, I would like to explore or invite these folks to explore perhaps that jealousy piece a little bit more since you have these really pleasurable, ignited sexual experiences that were obviously really pleasurable for for you as a couple. It seemed like it stopped because of the jealousy. So what about exploring the jealousy and maybe reframing the rules around the non-monogamy, right? So looking at if it's this lifestyle world, maybe playing with only couples that are unavailable after a playtime, or it's like maybe the, I don't know the, the details, right, of what the jealousy was around, but tapping into that and maybe getting clearer on where the jealousy triggers were, and then readapting and reframing the non-monogamy piece uh, around those uh, hangups, if you will, or around the jealousy emotions, because of course you want the monogamy to to, to flow. And since it seems like it hasn't been in that way, and, and maybe if some of Kitty's suggestions, which I think are all beautiful, uh, you're, you're trying those and that's still not working, maybe it's, it's time to revisit and go back to this, this lifestyle and um, threesomes and reframing uh, to work around the jealousy. That's what I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. But yeah, because I'm, I'm curious do. when they mentioned this that with what you're, yeah, I like what you're saying, April, because it's like, well, what did you actually do? Did you just, you just pulled the plug? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's what you need. Sometimes you need to do that. You're like, ah, this is not feeling good. It's too stressful. There's all these emotions, and we need to pull the plug and step away. But did you do any work around it to actually see what was really beneath all of that? And was, mm-hmm. and is that workable or repairable? And, and if not, then, and there's nothing wrong with choosing monogamy, too. I think there's an ebb and a flow, right? Sometimes you go in to, you know, open or whatever that is, and then you step back for a little bit, and it just depends on the relationship dynamic. And um, some things that came to mind for me too that are more on like the play side is uh, is just trying different ways to because what they're speaking to is newness, mm-hmm. right? It's new and exciting. We have these new experiences, and there's a liveness in that. It's really hot. I'm like, I want to do a lot of these things. It sounds great. Um, and it's there's a lot of work in it because yes, there is jealousy and insecurity and a lot of communications that come into play, but. Uh, so I've been to sex parties in person, but they're not really available right now. It's COVID time. If you're listening to this in, you know, five years later, hopefully it's not still. Um, but this, there's people that do online play parties now in it. Mm-hmm. And so you're actually still just playing with your partner there, but you're on a whole bunch of screens and you're seeing all these naked people. And it's a great idea. So, yeah. So there's other it, virtual play parties too, where you wear like it, the ocular. 
No. VR? <laughs> like VR? Yeah. yeah, like I'm going to wank you right yeah. now yes. from across that's the world. Huge, huge. <laughs> that would, that's the next step. If anyone's yeah. creating it, please tell us how to join this. Um, <laughs> and I, this is one question people ask a lot. is like, how, how do I find these play parties? It's easier said than done because they are, there's like a vetting process and a referral process often because they want to make sure you understand consent and you understand sex positivity. Um, but you can go and join various communities and Kitty will share more about um, some of the, because you have a community offering mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I know that things like if you're into kink, fat life, there are ways you can find communities there. Um, meet up, you can usually find some sort of groups and a lot of have gone, have gone virtual. Hashtag open is an app that some, has a community as well of open people. Um, so that's one idea that I had there. Um, also, what about paying for a sex worker online? Mm-hmm. Cam girls. That was one of my. That was yes, my good. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So you yeah. still, it's still online, and it's not like your partner's going to run away for the cam girl. So mm-hmm. I mean, they could. Anything's possible. Yeah. <laughs> or the cam, yeah, human. Yeah, what, yeah. yeah. And and I just want to also share here what like that newness. This is so normal for people to want newness, even in monogamy. You can stay monogamous and stay happy, and you'll. Most chances are 99.9% of the people will at some point look at someone else and be like, it'll be what it would be like to fuck them. That might be nice. And it doesn't mean you have to do it, but I want to normalize that for people. It's normal to desire other, to look down the street and stare at this other person, even with your partner next to you. It's normal and healthy. Yeah. And, and for people who don't do that, then that's just you. That's cool. But I think most people are not that if they're with someone for a long time, that's not how they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or local cam girl or cam guy or cam human. I love that. I love all those suggestions that you both gave. I'll just stack on top of that in terms of talking about it. It can really be helpful to understand, you know, what are some of the needs that were maybe coming up when they were feeling the jealousy? Was it, was it security? Was it trust? And once you kind of identify those, can you weave that into your sex life in some way? Um, Another suggestion is creating an erotic love story. So especially with COVID, sometimes people are separated. One person can can start out with a couple paragraphs and kind of like an improv, you can keep adding to the story. And that can be very erotic to anticipate what your partner's going to write. But also that's another way for them to explore some of the jealousy. You could start weaving in other characters and see how that feels. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And the last thing I was going to say is just also come from a place of of grace for yourself and your partner and honoring your humanity because relationships and sex drive does ebb and flow. So sometimes it could just be, you know, a few weeks or something where it's just not there. And I would say to maybe not make it mean anything more than it is. It could just be like riding a wave. Um, and something sparks it back up again. So not to let it get too scary of, oh, no, we're doomed. You know, yeah. um, you know, the, you can always get creative and, and get to a place or, or hire a professional of some sort to help you through the wobbles that you might be seeing in your relationships. Mm. I love that. Yeah, that that seems to be a constant theme. We were talking about the podcast earlier that we did today, too. It was just like, don't get too attached to this place that you're in right now. This mm-hmm. too shall change. It always does. Um, and sometimes it's for the better, for the worse, but it would be for the better, for the worse again and again and again. Um, also, if you sign up for our newsletter on our website, you get, um, it automatically sends you 50 tips for just ways to spice up your sex life and create newness. And it's for monogamous and non-monogamous mm-hmm. folks. And the last thing I'll share is there's a book um, 
we sell it at purepleasureshop.com. It's called 101 Nights of Great Sex. Oh, I've seen that. I think. Yeah. And it's these sealed pages mm-hmm. and it gives you these tests. It's very, I think it's a heterosexual thing. It's like sealed in case you get fluids on it. In case, you know, yeah, you that's why know. it's like a condom. <laughs> um, but it gives you these little tasks and you open every day and gives you some creative ways to connect. And it's really well done. It's not just like kiss here and lick mm-hmm. there. Um, if, and if y'all use coupon code shameless sex, you get 15% off at purepleasureshop.com. Say hi to my mom, mom when you're on there. Or I'm going to ask another sex question. We have one more. And then we'll have Kitty share about how you can learn about her wonderful offerings and um, your community that you have mm. available. This is another person who uh, is married with a wife. My wife of 12 years came out to me last fall as bisexual. I am honored she trusted me enough and felt intimate enough with me to share this. As part of her exploration, she asked to go to a strip club last year. And let me just say that what I witnessed between her and the dancer in the VIP room was so authentic and beautiful and real. She asked if I wanted to participate too. And I said, no, this was her time. Now she's asking for a threesome with me and another girl. And honestly, I don't know if that's something I want. The thing is, she has expressed that she doesn't want to see me with another girl. I think it is kind of unrealistic for me to just focus on her and not the other girl. I mean, what if the other girl is attracted to me and desires me? And what if I'm attracted to the other girl? I totally get that we set the rules and little quote things. I just think it's a bit unrealistic to think in a MFF, so that's a male, female, female, threesome, that body parts and desire won't possibly cross-pollinate. She has really been putting the pressure on lately for the threesome. And while I absolutely feel it's important for her to experience and express her, all of her sexuality, rejecting the threesome feels right to me and my own. Do you have my own, oh, I think I cut a word out there. Next. You- my own truth, maybe. Um, my own boundaries is what it said. Mm. Um, me and my own. Do you have any advice for how I can wrap my head around a threesome for her? Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great question. So, so much color in there too. Mm-hmm. So first I just wanted to start out saying, because the, the poster did say that they had some boundaries to first say that your boundaries are okay. You know, so to give yourself permission to, if it does not feel comfortable to you, it, it is still about consent. So if you really are in a space or at least not ready yet to um, engage in the commution in the uh, threesome to give yourself permission to do what's best for you. But also in this case, you can continue to give her permission to do her exploration as well. You know, as long as you're okay with that, I would say that's the first thing, but if they do want to explore the threesome, then I would say it's important to have additional candid and authentic conversations with their partner and to get really curious. I like, when I think about curiosity, I like to think about, thinking of the person talking as a magical unicorn, like what amazing and magical thing are they going to say yes? Because when we come at it from that place, it takes us away from a place of judgment, like judging what the person's going to say. So to get really curious about what the the needs are and maybe the beliefs um, that are going on possibly around also when uh, the wife said she doesn't want to see you with another girl. So to maybe have some candid conversations, you know, is, is that about jealousy? Is it based on insecurity or is it more rational fear that the woman may try to steal away her partner? Um, and once there's more clarity around that, then from that place, you might be able to be in a better position to either reassure your wife or maybe he needs reassurance or maybe they need to talk about putting some agreements in place so that everyone's needs are considered so that they can feel a little bit more of a sense of safety and security if they are going to explore. 
-hmm. But what I would also say, just a word of caution to, I recommend not having the threesome until the two of them are ready to engage in it together. And to also remember to respect that other person, like remember that other person also has their own needs, their own feelings, and that they're not necessarily a sex toy unless they literally say, use me like a sex toy, because there's nothing wrong with that if that's what they want to do. Um, but if they're, you know, typically it's, uh, it's a situation where, you know, feelings can come up. So it's, it's three human beings. So um, the last thing I would say is to know that when we are opening up our relationship to threesomes or moresomes that there is an element of we are opening up Pandora's box in a, in a way. So to come at it from a place of um, it's, it's managed risk, you know, to know that your relationship will change and evolve to some extent. Um, and a lot of that can be really healthy growth. Um, and it can also bring more excitement into the bedroom from our earlier conversation. But to come from that place of um, not trying to keep it in a box because you just opened up the box, you know, so just come from that place of awareness. And, and then just the last thing is sometimes it is totally okay to raise your hand and say, you know what, we need some help. We want to talk to a counselor or a coach or a therapist if you need some help to navigate some things in a, in a healthy way so that you're, you don't unintentionally damage your relationship. You know, you still want to make sure that that foundation is solid and you don't break your trust with your partner. So um, it's totally okay to reach out for help if you need it. Cause I think I, there's a lot of stigma around doing that. Totally. I, I love all of that advice. I resonated and related to this question very much and a vulnerable share for me here is that I would love to have a threesome with my partner, meaning the MFF scenario that's laying in within, within this question. And I am similar to uh, the partner in this relationship of the penis owner, uh, where I really love hooking up with uh, another vulva owner. And then I love being the eye of the prize for everyone. I want to be the center of the attention and the person that is put on the pedestal, if you will. And of course, as you said, I haven't been willing to explore the threesome within my partnership because I felt like my boundaries are just, uh, I don't know if they can be honored because there's, there's two other people involved. Right. And I guess if that's what I want to happen, then maybe I need to state that, but my partner would love to have a threesome. I mean, he's been very like, um, I guess, He's, he's been real and uh, made me well aware that he's interested in that happening. And I'm like, well, what about two dudes and, and me? And he's like, no, nah, I mean, if that's what you really want. But uh, I'm like, well, I don't know. And I slowly am letting it enter in. And I think your advice is, is excellent because seeking out someone to talk to to help frame what the game plan is and what that will look like and then getting clear uh, but there is something really fun about having multiple partners in the bedroom at one time uh, and having like this fun, playful new experience that I haven't been able to experience with my partner yet because of my shit, because of me and my insecurities. And his stuff though. Well, Hello, yeah. you just said, how about two dicks? And he was like, I don't know about well, that. Yeah, yeah. So don't make it all about you and your problems. Well, <laughs> true. And yeah. Because there's think, this double standard that is yeah. out there that's like the women are supposed like a two women, that's normal, but like two dicks, oh no, no. And I'm not necessarily, that's not necessarily applied to you, but that's, I see this all over the place. It's like, you know, 
and or I've had ex-partners say you propose it just this one way because mm-hmm. it's more normal or it's what they want. And then the two dicks is like really threatening to them. And it's not like y'all need to like go sword fighting and like suck each other's cocks. <laughs> he's not threatened because he's definitely participated in um, like. But it's just about you with, with like another dude and one one woman that i wasn't there but but with you he's not as comfortable because me, yeah because there's less there's more at risk you're his, yeah you're his was that with a solid partner where he's trying to build a no, life with them so there's less there's less that's less risk you would hate there. that i am even saying this right he now. doesn't listen to the podcast so <laughs> yeah. it's cool. but i'm um, sure someone out there that knows him does they're like well <laughs> yeah regardless vulnerable share this is my stuff yeah. and i also want to look into that because to be in all honesty i don't want to to bang out two dudes at once. I would rather have a vulva owner. I do. Me, and yeah, I, like for me, that seems like a lot of work. I'm like, no, I want to be like, you I, mean, know. I don't know if I can handle it, but I want to try. <laughs> I probably freak out and leave. But. Uh, so anyway, I was just wanting to express my gratitude for what you yeah. had for advice. And I just took that in and was like, hmm, yeah. something I should look at. And in my PowerPoint presentation that I had for my partner. <laughs> this is your, oh no, she has, you I did. did. I did a PowerPoint yeah, presentation for my partner about how they could creating ritual. And one of them was these sexy, these nights of sexy, igniting our sexual fires within. Okay, but and one like, of them was like threesome. But we have to make sure we establish the ground rules. Yeah, first. oh no, it was, also, it was also like, no, but okay, here's what, what you said. And maybe tell me if I'm speaking too, too much, but it was that because okay, coming back to what kitty's talking about there's needs that we have if we don't feel really connected or secure or whatever that is to feel like okay now i feel really grounded here before we go and explore the threesome a lot of people go and do the threesome because their partner wants it and they want to keep their partner happy or they're like maybe i'm into it and they don't speak their truth and the truth is i need to feel a little more solid here or i need to feel x y and z here and then i have a lot of spaciousness to do that and you kind of put that in the PowerPoint. You showed me the PowerPoint. And it was like, hey, maybe take all these things to feel more connected intimately, then I'll be comfortable. But I, I actually, because mm-hmm. I just keep down, you're saying, I actually do want to do the thing. You're a really good boy. We can have yeah. a threesome. You'll okay. get a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A I'll is. give yeah. you a cookie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for this person with this question from what they're asking here too, I think I, I'm, I'm curious about a couple of things. One, can you part- it's always a negotiation. It doesn't mean anyone's going to get their way, but your partner's like, okay, well, I'm not really that down to see. I want to have a threesome with a girl, but I'm not comfortable seeing you too sexual. What does that mean? Is that penis and vagina? Is that anal sex? Is that blow jobs and oral? Yeah. Can they make, like, is there room to make out? Nipples touching. Um, and then he's asking these questions. What if I'm attracted to her and she's attracted to me? Talk about that with your partner. What do we do? Like, what do you, what do we do? And, and because this is all possible. Okay. Maybe we're careful about who we have this threesome with. Is it just some stranger where we still respect this person, but we set boundaries where we don't ever contact them again. Is it online with a cam girl? Do we hire a sex worker and do it in person? You know, there's a, Mm -hmm. there's, so there's just ways to work with everyone's boundaries and needs. And not always, sometimes people don't get them met, but I think that there's room for, negotiation here doesn't have to just be her way or the highway or your way or the highway mm-hmm. um, how which is how a lot of people people play into it they don't have they don't do the full communication thing they're just like all right well it's not making sense so let's walk away and maybe you need to do that um but and, there might be an opportunity and, and one last piece kitty and sorry we keep talking here no no letting you uh say anything i just wanted to add one last piece that i saw is that there is some openness here where his partner his wife 
has has told him and came out that she is bisexual. So honoring this need is probably pretty important within the Mm -hmm. confines of their relationship structure. So that is something to consider as in this monogamous relationship, not honoring this. And maybe it's not going to be in terms of threesome. Maybe it's an openness, right? To Mm -hmm. let her explore that. And maybe it's not a together thing. Uh, that might be yeah. something to to also to also work through or discuss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I just to stack on that. Yeah, that was one of the points that I was uh, leaning towards was you know honoring who that person is, honoring her truth if she is bisexual, and then giving her permission to play. But it's also okay if you want to say, you know, I'm out, or at least I'm out right now, until we maybe have the time to get, you know, your needs on the table, my needs on the table. And then from there, we can negotiate some agreements, because at the end of the day, agreements are just strategies to get our needs met, Mm -hmm. you know, so they can just kind of play with that to see if they can get to a place where they, they feel comfortable. But again, it is really important to keep that third person in mind and understand where they're at too. What are their needs? And that's why like you can go anywhere from a sex worker to we meet one person one time and we never talk to them again to, oh my God, what if they fall in love? You know, so you you need to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. I like you said that on the last podcast that we did in January, Mm -hmm. the one about making sure that the third person doesn't feel like your side piece. You know, there's, Mm -hmm. they're a human too. So I think even if it's just a one night thing, you can be really clear with that person. Humanizing is important. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, Mm -hmm. here's where we're at. Here's where we're willing to go with you. The same with the strip club. Yeah. They were talking about strip club. Humanize yeah. strippers are human. That reminded me of you too, mm-hmm. April. Yeah. I always April talk to the strippers. Loves. I'm like, how's your night, sweetie? Yeah. I love <laughs> yeah. you. You are looking all fabulous. the good old days. I love me a strip club. I miss those days. Yeah. Now the strippers <laughs> wear masks. Shit. They probably look good. I don't know. Masks. Anyway. Okay. Um, on to our last question, which I'm sure all of our listeners right now are dying to know. How can people find you, work for you? Where's your podcast? Work what for is, you. Work for you. Oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. Are you hiring? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I actually kind of am. Oh, oh perfect. But, um, <laughs> Um, Well, you can find everything at my website, which is lovingwithoutboundaries.com. So that's where you can find my my blog, my podcast, which has about 150 episodes so far with amazing interviewees. And also you can learn about my coaching. There's, um, I have a a jealousy class, a free masterclass that I offer um, that you can access through the website. And I also have a book that you can also access through the website, which is called Jealousy Survival guide, how to feel safe, happy, and secure in an open relationship. I will say that I've gotten many reviews where they say that this book is great for anyone experiencing jealousy, but I do write it from the lens of being in in multiple relationships. But um, yeah, and one thing I would like to also say is I do have a patron uh, page for my podcast, and one of the benefits that you get as a patron is all of my interview interviewees answering the question, what is your best sex advice, which is mm. super fun and very educational. So just thought I'd drop Where that. do people send their resumes, Kitty, if oh, they yeah. want to work with you, for you, I mean, for you. Well, I am actually looking for an assistant. I may have found somebody, knock on wood, but, um, but yeah. Hurry, I, everyone, I, hurry. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, yeah, there's a contact on my website. You can contact me through there. But also my uh, my other email is kitty at lovingwithoutboundaries.com. Mm. So yeah, I mean, if you're interested in learning more, you just want to say hello, feel free to, to send me an email. At I really didn't know that. That was just a Freudian yeah, that slip just happened. or some sort of uh, it was meant yeah, to be. slip. So well, you can thank us, a listener, if you got the job. Yeah. Uh, but I have one last question though before we finish. You said yeah, a lot of people have joined your community that you Yes, have, thank um, you for saying that. that thank yeah. you. 
Sure. So yeah, there's a Facebook closed um, community. So if you do a search for loving without boundaries on Facebook, there is a, um, there's the business page, but the the longer title that says um, healthy, open relationships and lifestyle freedom, that is the closed group. And you can just click join. And there are just three questions to answer that the admins and I go through just to keep our community safe and make sure you're in the right place. And then you can join our community, which at this point is 5,300 people strong. It's grown like gangbusters since COVID. Um, and we're happy to wrap our arms around everyone who, who's looking for that type of support and that type of help. Mm, well, so needed right now. Kitty, thank you so much. Gracias. Merci beaucoup. Obrigado. Uh, what else we got? Donka Shane in all the languages. Oh, domo arigato? Domo arigato. Or is it arigato? <laughs> I don't know. Thank you very much. I love that. Gracias. You can't travel to the world, so we bring the world to you. (laughs) And all of you out there, you might be jealous because guess what? I'm drinking wine right now. If you want to work through your jealousy and drink wine too, go to marginswine.com and sign up for the newsletter because she's making fantastic wine. Amy and I have been huge fans. We've got white Chenin Blanc that we're sipping on right now in this hot, sunny afternoon. But guess what? It's going to be fall soon and winter and then you can sip out some nice reds reds. some cab franc and sometimes you don't recognize the varietals but they're beautifully made crafted boutique a lot of love goes in there so check it out marginswine.com and if you go look at the show notes you get a discount code this is true i always forget to say that i got you covered amy's got me and if you love us as much as we love you tell us go on itunes give us five stars we love reading our reviews we read each and every one of them every day and it just helps more people find shameless sex so thank you Everyone, you absolutely know that you're in our hearts forever. And our pussies. And probably our pussies, <laughs> Energetically, too. though. Don't just be not jealous. Literally. Don't be jealous, Amy. <laughs> I got lots in my pussy right now. All right, y'all. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.